Welcome into yet another edition of Trends and Reactions. I'm Nate Henry. All right, let's get into the week's action. Packers versus Cardinals. All right, credit to the Packers for getting the win without their two starting wide receivers. That said, we need to acknowledge that most of the Packers game script and statistics are noise as a result of the unusual circumstances surrounding this game. Still, A.J. Dillon has shown us that he's a great running back, both out of the backfield and as a pass catcher. He might be the highest value handcuff available right now. Panthers versus Falcons. I'm still baffled how DJ Moore didn't get credit for a touchdown reception. He clearly had two, maybe even three feet in. And yes, the ball moved a little as he went to the ground, but the ball moved a heck of a lot more on that Braxton Berrios touchdown that was confirmed as a touchdown. Just make note, as you're probably disappointed with Moore over the last two weeks, he's fine. Also, Calvin Ridley may miss significant time with his mental health situation. Now, to begin, I wish him the absolute best, and I commend him for taking the time to care for himself on this extremely important health situation. But while he's available, it looks like Atlanta will continue to focus the offense on Patterson and Pitts. I'm not excited to add Tajay Sharp or Olamade Zacchaeus. Bonus impression, oh, Matt Rule yeah. continues to downplay CMC's return. If he misses another week or two, that makes Amir Abdullah very interesting. Abdullah's skill sets are closer to CMC's than Chubba Hubbard, and the Panthers seem to realize this throughout the game. He's new to the team as he started the year in Minnesota, so his role could expand with more time and practice. I hope CMC is back in Week 9 to monitor this one and keep Abdullah on your radar until we get confirmation that CMC will be back. Titans versus Colts. The Colts got out to a very early lead, which required Tennessee to lean on their passing game a bit more than they usually do. On Sunday, the Titans' passing game was basically just A.J. Brown. He had 11 targets for 10 catches, 155 yards, and a touchdown. Tennessee didn't completely abandon the running game. They still gave Derrick Henry 28 carries. But the big news of the day is that Henry appears to be out for most or maybe the rest of the year. The Titans' entire game plan is bound to change as a result, making Julio and A.J. Brown all the more valuable. Now, these alphas can handle the added coverage now that the defense don't have to focus so hard on stopping Derrick Henry. Still, it'll be important that they both remain healthy or else they could be double-covered out of relevance. Dolphins versus Bills. There's not a ton to learn from this game. Tommy Sweeney is apparently a full-time player with Dawson Knox out but he doesn't have the same ability to get open or the same level of talent. He's also not the deep threat that Knox is, and that makes him essentially unusable in anything other than a tight end premium league. Also, Devontae Parker is the person who ate into Mike Gesicki's volume. Not so much Jalen Waddle. Waddle still saw 12 targets. Gesicki essentially plays wide receiver now. He almost never lines up to block, so this makes some sense that Devontae Parker would limit him somewhat. Still, you get credit for playing Gesicki as a tight end, so he can still be started. I mean, he had three catches for 48 yards and was still tight end nine on the week. Bengals versus Jets. Mike White has an affinity for passing to the running back position. He's a check down machine as he threw to the running backs 19 times in week eight and a significant portion of his limited passing week seven when he subbed in for an injured Zach Wilson. That makes Michael Carter very enticing. He's essentially DeAndre Swift for the Jets. Ty Johnson also saw six targets and scored a touchdown, but he only played on 29% of the snaps. 
That's not enough to be trustworthy, but he could be useful if Carter were injured. Bonus impression, Elijah Moore was targeted on 33% of his routes, a very healthy number. Jamison Crowder eats into a lot of his playing time in a role, so this is just basically something to note. When Moore is on the field, he gets targets. Bonus, bonus impression. I think I'm going to start shopping T. Higgins. Jamar Chase has become the red zone alpha, and there just isn't much left for T. Higgins. Higgins still has strong target numbers, but his upcoming schedule looks pretty difficult. If you could turn him into maybe like a high-end RB3, I think I would do that deal. Steelers versus Browns. Last week, I predicted that Dearness Johnson earned himself more playing time. And to a certain extent, that was true. He played 31% of the snaps, but he only saw four carries in this game. The Browns, in a slightly unexpected move, tried to use Johnson as kind of a Kareem Hunt replacement. Johnson saw three targets, which all occurred in the second quarter. And frankly, it didn't go very well. He only caught one of them. So they gave up that plan for the entire second half. And in an unusual situation, played Nick Chubb the entire fourth quarter. Johnson projects as a much better Nick Chubb replacement than, you know, the ground and pound runner than he does a Kareem Hunt replacement, the sort of do everything, including catch passes running back. That hinders Johnson's in games where Cleveland projects to be in a negative game script. So I think you need to hold on to him because when he gets opportunities, he performs. Just look at that fantastic juke move he made in scoring his touchdown run. Eagles versus Lions. The Eagles absolutely steamrolled the Lions on the back of a very strong run game. Kenneth Gainwell actually ended up with the most carries, but do not be deceived. 12 of his 13 rushes occurred in the fourth quarter when the reserves were playing, including the backup quarterback. Boston Scott is the clear 1A in this backfield while Miles Sanders is hurt. And Jordan Howard, remember him, was the undisputed 1B. Sanders' injury looks like it had no effect on Gainwell's role. He's this negative game script pass catching back. He's essentially Philly's version of J.D. McKissick. Apparently that will not change while Miles Sanders is out. Rams versus Texans. With Mark Ingram gone, the Texans gave four different running back carries. Rex Burkhead was the one who played the most by far, but was still irrelevant. There's really nothing exciting in Houston this season, especially in the backfield. 49ers versus Bears. All right, you're probably sick of hearing me talk about Justin Fields, but I didn't talk about him last week, so that gives me free reign to talk about him as much as I want this week. Whether it was the absence of Matt Nagy or the Bears finally coming to their senses, Chicago actually did two smart things in this game. First, they ran a ton of two tight end sets. Cole Komet played 90% of the snacks, and Jesse James, a well-respected blocking tight end, also played 54. That helped with pass protection. Also, they ran numerous bootlegs for field, one of which led to his only touchdown pass of the game, and several others led to long rushing gains. Fields had a season-high 103 rushing yards in this game on only 10 carries. This is the potential of Justin Fields. Now, the Bears' offensive line is still struggling as they managed to allow four sacks nonetheless, and they really should have given up a fifth if not for one of the craziest touchdown runs I've ever seen from a quarterback. If you haven't seen this highlight, go find it. Fields look poised, mobile, and electric. Maybe Matt Nagy shouldn't be invited back into the building today. Patriots versus Chargers. I've seen a lot of people seemingly concerned about Mike Williams. Now, I realize this is his second straight stinker, but J.C. Jackson from the Patriots is having a fantastic season and he's on the verge of becoming a lockdown corner. He just isn't a household name yet. 
Mike Williams got hurt against Baltimore the last time he played, and he returned this week to that shadow coverage. I would buy super low on him after this one. I actually want more Mike Williams on my teams, not less. Jaguars versus Seattle. All right, I'm going to rapid fire this one. One, Dan Arnold is a tight end who should be rostered and probably the only pass catcher on the Jaguars worth rostering. Rashad Penny looks awful. One yard per carry, and he had two just pathetically failed green zone attempts from the one or the two yard line. His days in Seattle are numbered. It's Alex Collins as the running back you want to own. Lastly, I don't have a clue what to do with Tyler Lockett. On one hand, the Seahawks remain extremely concentrated. Only four players received a target in this game, one of which was Travis Homer, who only saw one target. That leaves a super, super concentrated offense of Gerald Everett, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. Lockett just inexplicably disappears sometimes. Lockett is like the perfect best ball player, but the worst redraft player. I guess he deserves to be started again, at least against poor defenses. At the very least, we know now that Geno can sustain both wide, wide receivers in Seattle in some games. And by the way, Geno Smith played really well in this game. It's just so frustrating. Buccaneers versus Saints. With Jameis out for the year, it should be Taysom Hill again. We saw Trevor Simeon because Hill was in the concussion protocol and was inactive for this game. With Taysom Hill as the quarterback, that likely downgrades all the already unappealing pass-catching options in New Orleans. Meanwhile, Taysom Hill and Elvin Kamara are both exciting options. Also, you should pick up Mark Ingram, who looked much more comfortable back in his home in New Orleans. The Saints are sure to rely on the running game even more now that Winston is hurt. Oh, Bonus impression, yeah. if you were upset about Mike Evans' performance, then you do not know history. Marshawn Lattermore always shadow covers Mike Evans, and he always shuts him down. You should be happy he got the one touchdown. Although I will note, Brady missed him on a deep bomb that would have made this a really good day for Mike Williams. Washington versus Broncos. You, you cannot start Antonio Gibson any longer. There was some optimism this week because Gibson didn't appear on the injury report, but he's still clearly nursing the stress fracture. From what I understand, talking to injury experts in the field, NFL players can play through a stress fracture and can heal despite playing in football games. But the workload needs to be managed very carefully. It's not the big hits that prevent healing and exasperate stress fracture injuries. It's overuse. So watching, I mean, Washington's medical staff surely knows this, which is why Jarrett Patterson saw 11 carries to Gibson's eight. And Gibson only played 33% of the snaps. With workload management, Gibson's injury may heal in another couple of weeks, but for now he's got to be on your bench. A limited role on this offense just isn't going to cut it. You're better off with somebody like the Denver running backs who played opposite Gibson in this game. Oh, Bonus impression, the yeah. Broncos eased Jerry Judy back into the NFL after his injury. He ran fewer routes than Sutton and Tim Patrick, and he only played 72% of the snaps, which sounds like a lot, but a lot of them were running plays. There were reports that he was sore after practicing the week, so being brought along slowly is a smart move by the team. Still, he was targeted nearly 25% of his routes. His talent's just undeniable. Now they just need him healthy. He could be a great buy low. Cowboys versus Vikings. A lot of people incorrectly subbed out Amari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb in view of the DAC injury. Yours truly not included. But if you move Dalton Schultz out, that was a good move. 
Schultz and Rush just didn't quite have that connection that he apparently still has with Cooper and Lamb. But Schultz still played a ton. He ran 33 per three routes on only 41 passes and saw six targets. I think you can get him for a decently low offer, especially if the Schultz manager has another decent option, which could happen because Schultz was a waiver wire addition. All right, thanks again for watching. I'll see you next week. Again, I'm Nate Henry. I'm going to win some fantasy championships.